Hello and welcome back to Pulsock Pod. It's been quite a while since we've been in the studio, even though we've obviously been putting a couple of episodes out. But this is the first time since I think the end of March, isn't it? Yeah, it's been a while. It's we've been, been a, away. It's been a long time. We've been away, but now we're, we're back and ready to go again. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Relieved. <laughs> well, I'd love to. I'd like, just like to say a massive well done. Jack. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm very relieved. I don't know if you've been following this podcast, but we basically talked about... Yeah, yesterday was the deadline for my dissertation, which I submitted on Monday, so I am absolutely relieved that that's out of the way. But I'm not done at university just yet. I've got a couple of more uh, essays that I need to write, which I'm going to be doing in the next few weeks, but then after that, I'll be done. (laughs) But you've crossed the biggest hurdle now. Yeah, yeah. So huge congratulations. Thank you. Massive weight off your shoulders. Yeah. Yeah, that's me next year. I'm slightly scared. <laughs> you'll be you'll be fine. Yeah, I've I'm, got essays due as well, so yeah, we're all in the same boat. You exactly. can feel the tension in the library. I've just come across in the library. Yeah, and it was packed yesterday sign. when I was yeah. when I was trying to get I was trying to find a computer to get my dissertation printed off on, yeah. so I could get photos with it, and it was just so busy on every floor. Yeah, really busy. So it's sort of like I think we need to start doing it where if you want to go to the library, you have to go early. You have to go first early in the morning. Person, yeah, I'm afraid. Yeah. That is literally what it is. Yeah. Did you have a nice bank holiday weekend as well? Well, best I could have because I was obviously yeah. in the library all weekend. Bless so, you. yeah. Not really. Didn't really do anything. What about you? It was my dad's birthday at the weekend. Oh, too. but that was quite yeah, nice. He came up to time off and we just went out for food, oh. which was really nice. I mean, it wasn't the best weather for it, really. I kept on apologising, saying, sorry, it's such bad weather. No, it was. Did it, was it really windy and rainy? Yeah. And I mean, it was quite good. sunny on Saturday, wasn't it? In the morning. And then no, we went on Monday. Oh, you went on Monday. Oh. Monday. Yeah, because that was his actual birthday on the Monday. No, and I worked Saturday, Sunday, so by Monday I was ready for a nice little day out, which yeah. was good, but it was just such bad weather, it felt awful. We should also probably talk about the Surviving Society podcast as well, actually, yeah. in the opening bit, which was recorded at Northumbria last week. Uh, we, I'm not 100% sure when it's going out. Because no, I'm not sure, but it'll unlike, be available on Unlike this Spotify. podcast, they actually have a proper producer, which is, <laughs> so they've got, they, they're far more organised than us, really, but I just want to say a massive, like, well done and and like, thank you to Tiso, Chantel, and George for coming up to Newcastle yeah. and taking the time to record this episode. It was very, very informative, and yeah, I just Some I really, really enjoyed interesting pe- conversations. Yeah, yeah, really interesting conversation, definitely. Yeah, it was great to have them and um, to show them like where we record and exchange like experiences. Yeah, of recording a podcast was great to meet them. And they were so down to earth and amazing. And just yeah, definitely. And I think actually them. Chantel had her graduation ceremony last she week. She did. I saw so that. I saw so that on social media. Congratulations to Chantel. Yeah. Well, or should we say Dr. Chantel? Yeah. Because it was for a PhD. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, she'll be listening to this and she'll and she'll hear that. And yeah. Yeah. Huge congratulations. So shall we? Shall we get into it? Yeah, I think so. So just one last little shout out is don't forget to follow us on the Instagram at Northumbria Politics Society, all one word, and on Twitter we're at Pod. Yeah. So I just, we'll start with the news roundup first of all, because like yes. we say, it's been quite a f- while since we've actually been in the studio. Obviously, the biggest news of the last month, I suppose, is that uh, Emmanuel Macron was re-elected uh, French president in the runoff with 58.1% sorry, fifty-eight point one percent of the vote, and he becomes the first 
president to win re-election since Jacques Chirac back in 2002, which I actually didn't know that. No, I didn't know that. Until either. I heard it on the radio. Um, I guess we were so young when that happened, though. Yeah, we I mean, were you even born back in... 2002, I would have been one, like one. One, yeah. okay. Okay, <laughs> I, yeah, same, same with me. I was I was trying to think there. I was like, wait. Yeah, I'm 2001, so I would have oh, been okay, yeah. one year old. I mean... I'm trying to th- even think if I can think of any other French president. I can remember Francois Hollande, but was he even French? Was I thought it was Prime Minister. Anyway, that's not important. That's not important. But yeah, obviously, 58.1% of the vote. But it said, I think it was the lowest turnout for a runoff in quite a while, which yeah. is... They were concerned about turnout, weren't they? Which mm-hmm. then brings questions into his legitimacy as a leader, but um, like the mandate that he's been given. But we'll have to see how it goes over yeah. the next couple of years. Yeah, definitely. And then... I mean, most of the stuff that we that sort of like it's been in the news, we're going to cover today. But just some sort of other like little stories. I don't know if you saw this morning, but did you see the story about the escape, the escapologist, uh, oh Jonathan yeah. Goodwin, who was on Britain's Got Talent in 2019? Yeah, I did see. He that. has unfortunately been paralysed in after an accident, which on, is was it on stage. As yeah, well? which is a shame, really, and we wish all the best to him because yeah, I, I could never imagine being in a situation like that. I yeah, it's, it's awful. absolutely horrible. I guess that's part of the job, though, isn't it? The risk that he involves and shows you how real it is. Yeah, the the stunts. The stunts, the stunts yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Really sad. And then I'll just sort of like build on the the bit of the sad news. It's not a great way to start, but we've got to say it. Last night, um, I got news through that the last surviving winner from Formula One's first decade in the nineteen fifties, Tony Brooks, has passed yeah. away at the age of ninety, which was. Quite sad, obviously, me being a big fan of Formula One. He, I believe as well, he was a qualified dentist, so he would wow. actually race. He would actually race and then like operate in in a dental practice, which was quite impressive. So he sadly passed away lives, at the yeah. age of 90, six-time Formula One winner. So just want to say a rest in peace to Tony. But then on sort of a lighter note, they finally announced a date for Crossrail, yeah. which is a long time in the making, the 24th of May. And then sort of that'll be known as the Elizabeth Line, yeah. which is I suppose it ties quite nicely into the fact that it'll be the diamond, the, not the diamond, the platinum jubilee. Yeah. A few weeks after that, so it'll be quite nice to finally get that open. Yeah, but again, it's very southern centric. It's very yeah. London based. But so. then on that note, we just see that apparently the Sex Pistols are re-releasing "God Save the Queen" for the platinum jubilee, oh, wow. which is which I think is quite good because obviously that's quite a sort of that's quite a sort of punk. Yeah. Like protest. Is it a protest song? I suppose it is to an extent. Um, it's that kind of genre, isn't it? Yeah. That genre of music. So, yeah. so I, cool. I, d- I definitely feel like it's only appropriate for them to release it in the backdrop of these upcoming celebrations, really. Yeah, amazing. Are you doing anything for the Jubilee? I am defending my uh, Sprotborough Cricket Club um, charity. How do, what do we call it? I think it's called like the Village Sixers Tournament. Yeah. We won, we won the competition last year. It's all done for charity, and I think it's for brain tumour research in the That's name fabulous. of a man called Alistair Graves, yeah. who was very much involved in the cricket club and was a, a good per, a good personal friend of my dad's, actually. He sadly passed away, I think, about 10 years ago now, of a brain tumour. So the cricket club that he was so heavily involved in now do a lot of charity work. So Brilliant. it'll be a great day for a nice bit of six-a-side cricket on the bank holiday weekend, and then fabulous. hopefully we'll be able to defend the trophy. Yeah, well, good luck. Thank good you. Luck with that. So let's get into it. We've probably gone a little bit over, like in terms of the plans that yeah, we we're going to do. It's been a long time since we've yeah, been back. So yeah. we need to sort of do the catch up. So <laughs> where to begin? I think it's probably best if we begin with the parliamentary scandals that have come out this week. Because I won't lie, if these stories weren't so 
like mind-bogglingly just horrifying. Yeah, you could never even predict. They would be the funniest stories I think I've ever oh, heard yeah. in politics. Somebody needs to make this into like a Netflix. These series. are. You couldn't write what's gone on in Parliament yeah. in the last few weeks. So we'll start with Neil Parrish. Yeah. Neil Parrish was a Conservative MP for Tiverton and Honiton in Devon, which is served since the 2010 general election. Okay. He resigned at the weekend after submitting himself a parliamentary review review, sorry. Yeah. After watching what can only be described as adult material <laughs> in the House of Commons. It's just so bizarre, isn't it? You just never would even have thought. It came after a female colleague yeah. or a couple of female colleagues reported that they'd seen him watching this. Yeah. Like across like the benches in the in the well not across but sort of like below. Yeah. If you were sat above someone, you'd be able to you'd see be able to see what they what whatever. they were doing on their phone. Yeah. So they reported him, and obviously for for a couple of days, I was like, oh well, I wonder who it is. Who's I doing sort it. of thought this was. A joke. I sort of thought it was made up, you know, because of the whole Angela Rayner situation, which we will get onto later on. Yeah. I thought it was kind of like to take the news away from that. But then obviously it's come out as real. I'd, I just couldn't believe it. No, neither can I. And what makes this story even more bizarre is how he's reacted to this when he's been asked. So he said, Mr. Parrish, that the first time, sorry, the second, we'll start with the second time, because he said that, that the second time he did it was deliberate. Okay. Which is obviously, so he's, admit, he's admitted to it. Yeah. But the, f- <laughs> the first time he says was accidental after he was looking at a website about tractors. Oh dear. How on God's green earth has one gone from tractors I know to pornography? Yeah, I saw something on, I think it was Jeremy Clarkson's Instagram, and there's a combine harvester called the Dominator. <laughs> <laughs> so he's obviously Googled, or claims he's Googled that or something similar, of the agricultural I just... Of- it sounds like something off a Little Britain sketch. Oh, absolutely! You know the you know the one of the MP who oh, always yeah. used to stand in front yeah, of his in house with his wife, with his yeah. wife and his kids and make some bizarre statement. This is what this sounds it like, re- and it's like I say, if it wasn't so disgusting, yeah, it'd be absolutely hilarious. Yeah, and the, we'll just clear this up. The disgusting part is not that he's watched porn. If you're an adult, you are legally allowed to do that. In private. Yeah. The fact that he's gone out, not only watched this in public, he's watched this in the chambers. In his place of work. Yeah. His place of work that just so happens to be the oldest parliamentary chamber (laughs) in the world. Like, I can't rap. It's just so bizarre. You know, how do you I'm lost lost for words. This is... (laughs) Yeah. I mean, to be fair to him, he did do, like, a couple of interviews with the media, didn't he, and sort of... And, ad- and came clean and admitted to it, but that doesn't yeah. mean that everyone... It doesn't make could... it any more okay. It doesn't make it any more okay. At least okay. he's an honest member of parliament, well, ex-member of parliament. Well... At least he's come clean and said, you know, I need help, like, do you know what I, I mean? I suppose, but He's it's not just... trying to cover his tracks and lie. No, I suppose that's probably, that's probably the good thing about it, is that he's not... He's come clean He's not, like, it. doubled down on the mm. accusations, is that he's actually come forward and said that, yes, I did this. I did do this, I need help. And yeah. I, I need to sort of... I've basically, he said that he's ruined his career. Yeah, and his family life as well. You've got to think about his family. Yeah, did you see that the BBC interviewed his wife? 
No, I hadn't seen that. Yeah, actually. they interviewed his wife, which I thought was a little bit bizarre. That is really strange because it's like you know what what why what, why why does this matter for her? It's it's and she's even said in her interview um, that if like every wife mm-hmm. in the world would be angry at their husband for watching adult material, yeah, there'd be no wives in the world, yeah, which is like which is fair enough. But it's like why does why does the opinion of like, of a wife matter? Mm. In this situation, oh, sorry, of her, wa- of, of his, his wife, wife in this I'm situation. I'm surprised she's wanted to get involved. To be fair, I'm going to say this. This, this, this has nothing to do with her. Yeah, like I don't know. I don't really know what the BBC were doing there with interview interviewing her because it's like she hasn't made any mistakes in this. No, she's an innocent bystander, really. And it just happens to be when obviously they interviewed um, Matt Hancock's wife. Obviously, after the, the big scandal yeah. with him last year, that makes that mm. makes sense. But in this situation, Neil Parrish hasn't cheated on his wife. No. He's just done something really, really embarrassing and stupid. But no, going back to the whole... Should we move sort of on to Angela Rayner? Yeah. um, I genuinely thought this Neil Parrish thing, like when they didn't reveal who it was or, you know, nobody was coming forward and saying, I've seen, you know, I can confirm. I thought, oh, it's all a big joke. They've just thought of the most wild thing that they can think of. To take attention attention away from Angela Rayner. But I mean, even the reaction to what's happened there is quite frankly bizarre. Yeah. The the fact that, so basically what happened, it was, um, there were, there's been a review by the Conservative Party after um, the mail, uh, the article appeared in the mail on Sunday, which basically stated that the Labour Party's deputy leader, Angela Rayner, crossed and uncrossed her legs to distract Boris Johnson during debates yep so the story originally came from allegedly she was i think it was in the parliamentary did they have like a pub the parliamentary the terrace the terrace where MPs yes, can go out and smoke that's it. yep she was on the terrace with some colleagues and she jokingly said to her colleagues you know i crossed and crossed my legs to distract the prime minister allegedly that's what she said and then those colleagues i think they were conservative mps well i'm, I, not, I'm not, sure. not too sure but i think I but think basically it's, it's snowballed to a point yeah. where the Conservative MPs are now taking this joke yeah, and, tr- and to try and like to try and like weaponize it politically. Oh, so they then took it to the Mail on Sunday, the Daily Mail, who have then written yeah. this article that is just again, I, I'm, I, I just, dangerous. I, it's, I just don't understand this because obviously a lot of MPs and well, a lot of MPs, a lot of people came out and quite quite frankly sort of like showed solidarity with Angela Rayner yeah because the article that was written I've sort of read like the brief overview of it but it's it's a horrible article Mm. what's been written and the worst part is about this review that's been launched is that the conservatives have basically doubled down on what's happened have said that well Angela Rayner said it therefore it shouldn't be seen as a problem really Mm. there's no evidence that she said it though this is my problem yeah and Labour have obviously come out and dismissed the claims as a smear. Yeah. Which, to an extent, yeah, I suppose that it is smear because it's like, even if she has said this as a joke... They've taken it and they've used it. They've taken it and used it in a serious manner. Yeah, definitely. To try and and say that, you know, this is is what she said. The thing that annoyed me the most was that they were suggesting that Angela Rayner can't compete with the debating skills of... Etonian Boris Johnson. Yeah, his, o- his Oxford Union training. Do you know what? That's just ridiculous. You can't start comparing. Just because, you know. obviously, Angela Rayner, she's the MP for Ashton Underline, Underline, Underline I believe. Yeah. 
Um, She's a fantastic so creator. It, yeah, so She's it's like the outskirts creator. of Manchester. Yeah. She had a child very young. Yep, I believe 16. she's. I believe she's in. Is she still in? The, she's still in the thirties. So she's still for for yeah. parliamentary standards. She's yeah. relatively young. Yeah. And I'd just like to make the point though. I don't care if she had a child at the age of sixteen. Yeah. Boris doesn't know half his children. That's are, what. So. That's what they're trying to say. That's what they're basically trying to imply in this article is yeah. that she crosses and crosses her legs. You know, she's young. She had a child at 16. Therefore, she must be promiscuous. So they're sort of drawing out all This is the, where the, mis- yeah. the misogyny is like embedded into this article. Is they're, trying, they're trying to use sort of like the life of Angela Rayner to yeah. basically say that like this is what she does. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's horrible. To portray her in this like certain way. It doesn't matter if you agree or disagree with what Angela Rayner says. Yeah. No one should have to suffer from... And doubting her debating skills as well is just uh, ridiculous. And by saying that, oh, well, if she, even though she can't debate, she can still like cross and uncross her legs and mm. distract the Prime Minister. It's like, what? And like the Conservative Party report, the Mail have also do- basically doubled down on this. Yeah. The the Speaker, Lindsay Hoyle, summoned them mm-hmm. to Parliament to basically, like, face up to what's been published. Yeah. And the editors have basically said no. They've really? said, no, we're not going to come to Parliament. I refuse. They, what was the... I think the, uh, the headline that I saw read something like, in the name of a free press, no Mr. Speaker or something. And it's just like... Wow. There's a difference between freedom of speech yeah. and freedom of consequence. Yeah. This is... You have to be this, held accountable. This reaction is completely bizarre from the mail. You've got to be held accountable for what you've said. Even... And that is what freedom of speech is, is that anyone can say anything, which means that anyone can say anything about what you've just said, i.e. this article. And what we're saying is this article is, to quote the Prime Minister, a whole load of misogynistic tripe. Yeah, I think it was quite good, actually, Boris to come out and condemn what's it's been said. disgusting what's been his... said. Yeah, he's going, to re- he's going to release the terrors of the earth when he... When he's finds the people responsible but then the conservative party have now basically come out and said well angela rayner said oh he he put out a tweet didn't he and he said i deplore the words yeah i think it's the thing that got me was nadine doris Doris. she copied yeah she copied and pasted the the exact the exact same tweet babe that's why retweet exists so you can just yeah that was that was bizarre that was was, word for word it was as her own tweet and I just thought, do you know what, Nadine? I did see that and I just thought, oh what? why would you do that? Like, She's like this little chicken that just sort of follows him around all the time and like copies him and like a child almost. Yeah. It's so bizarre. But yeah, what's basically been said, and it's probably why MPs are quite rightly calling for a debate, mm-hmm. or not a debate, sorry, a review into yeah. the culture of parliament. How the hell are women, when they're seeing things like this, ever going to aspire to go into parliament if this is what... How women the in culture. Parliament are being portrayed, yeah. portrayed as sorry. Yeah, and do you think this is going to affect the local elections that are coming up in the next? Well, when are they? Did they live tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, it could. It could because I mean, obviously, it's happened so close to the. Excuse me, it's happened so close to the polling day. Yeah. That obviously, like recency bias. Mm. When people go to the polls, they'll have that fresh in their mind. They've got the fresh in the mind. Is that this is what's been happening? Mm. You've got. I mean, you have got postal votes now as well. Like I know, I voted by post. I voted by post as um, well, and I did that when I was home over Easter. So I cast my vote about two weeks ago now. Yeah. Um. So obviously, my opinion hasn't been swayed by any of this recent news. So it'd be interesting to see what happens with the local elections yeah. and whether Boris is going to. And we do hit. just want to say as well on that note is if you are registered to vote tomorrow, please go and vote. Uh, I believe you should have a poll card come through which will give details of your local polling station if you yeah. haven't already cast your vote by post or by proxy. Yeah. So, p- 
uh, polls will be open, I believe, from 7am to 10pm. Yeah. So, although by the time this go up, this could be, this could be tomorrow by the time this actually goes yeah, up. Yeah, it could be too late, but... Um, but it depend, either way... Make sure you go out and vote. Make sure you go out and vote, it's like so I say. Important that you and if you're your at the right. polling station at 10pm, stay in line. Because yes, they can let you. They, they can let you. You can vote yeah. past ten p.m. as long as you're in, that, in line. that line. Also, if you have a dog, take your dog with you. Dogs <laughs> at polling stations on Twitter. I love to. But see this it. is but what's been happening like, in Parliament at the minute. It's been disgusting, and MPs, the newspaper press, and just everyone should just know better. Yeah, really. As sort of a line of work that I want to go into, and I know you do as well, Jack. Want to go into the media? It makes me feel even more motivated to go in and change this horrible yeah. way of reporting this sort of way that we hound MPs and people who are in the public eye and want this to stop because it's so harmful. I don't know what more to say, really. It does feel like politics in the last sort of decade, one well, decade, yeah, I suppose, has just seemingly got worse from mm. what from what people older than us talk talk about how it was. It, yeah. Every, every day there seems to be a fresh scandal. And I suppose that really is, like, is quite reflective upon the rest of the world, really, because like you've got... Obviously, you had as well uh, Imran Khan, the Conservative MP for Wakefield. Yeah. He has officially stood down from Parliament yesterday after he was found guilty of sexual assault mm-hmm. of a minor, which is, again, absolutely horrific yeah. what's happened. And it's just so depressing, yeah. really. These scandals aren't unique to the UK, though. There's been a scandal recently. Well, I don't know whether it's a scandal, but... Uh, a leak, a leak in over there. in America, an yeah. unprecedented leak. The Roe versus Wade Supreme Court abortion ban leak document. So essentially, so the Supreme Court in America plays probably it plays a bigger role than the Supreme Court in the UK Huge, does, yeah. because basically the way American governance works is is a separation of powers, which means that the legislature, so Congress, the executive, the president, and the judiciary, the Supreme Court all function independently from each other most of the time. We'll not get into like the no, specific no. details. If the Supreme Court wants to, it can rule in favour of legislation and the constitution in the US and can deem and can deem legislation and parts unconstitutional, essentially. Um, and at the minute, the, com- the current composition of the court, so there's nine there's nine justices that sit on the court, and the current composition is 6-3 in favour of the Conservatives. On the court, so you've got the Conservatives and the Liberals. Yeah, Conservatives obviously appointed by the Republicans, and then Liberals appointed so by the Democrats. What you're trying to say is the Republicans at the moment have a lead. To push Essentially, the yeah, the Republic. Yeah. Well, not the Republicans, but like the Conservative, the Conservatives yeah. in the sort of lawmaking and as a society, America, the Conservatives have the chance to push like sort of their agenda really and that's led to a like an unprecedented leak basically saying that the supreme court is could potentially be about to strike down roe versus wade which is if you don't know it's basically a ruling from 1973 which ruled abortion to be constitutional essentially yeah so i've got written down here if roe falls the u.s congress could pass a law that essentially decides what the supreme court has mandated for the last 50 years and that is to make abortion legal in every state so this is a law that stood for the last 50 years Mm -hmm. and if it's struck down i've got on my notes that it abortion would instantly become illegal in 22 states 
across the US. And helping as well, assisting. Assisting. Assisting yeah. would also become Because I believe illegal. because of this ruling, basically abortion, I believe, is guaranteed under the 14th Amendment of the US Constitution. Yeah, but it's voted in by each state, isn't it? Because some yeah. states allow it and some states really don't allow it. So it's done by states as well. It's not like a countrywide but it's, thing. But it's flab- this report, I'm, I'm absolutely flabbergasted by it. Yeah. Another thing to take into account as well is that the congressional midterm elections are approaching so political parties across the US are starting to hold their primaries to select their candidates for the Senate the House of Representatives and the governorships and the state legislative chambers so this is really going to cause like a tidal wave Mm -hmm. amongst all of that those decisions as well yeah because obviously I don't know as well if you've seen in the news um Joe Biden is nominating, is it Katanji Brown-Jackson to sit on the, yeah. So uh, Stephen Breyer, who I believe was appointed by Bill Clinton to sit on the court, he's retiring. And so Katanji Brown-Jackson is being nominated by Joe Biden to take take his place. That won't change the competition of the court. The composition of the court, unfortunately, it would mm-hmm. still be a six-three swing to the conservatives. But yeah, so but she doesn't she doesn't sit on the court just yet. Yeah. But this is I'm lost for words on this, to be honest. It feels like we're going back in time. Like, what did I say to you the other day as well? It's like you're taking away people's liberties when really in this day and age you should be increasing people's liberties as we go on. It's just like a reversal of history, and it's really bizarre to be witnessing this. Yeah, because I mean, I believe there was protests all across Washington yeah, from, DC from both sides yesterday. Though. But I've seen some. Pe- I've seen people on Twitter like uh, most. The most. I've got to be honest. Most of the discourse is most people are for Roe versus Wade, and they're horrified over yeah. what they've seen. And I'd probably like to say I'm more on on that side. Same, and then yeah. I've seen other people who have sort of. Uh, anti Roe versus Wade. So they're not necessarily celebrating this, but they're basically saying that what what this striking down does is that a right to life is guaranteed. But the problem is, is that sometimes people people have reasons for getting abortion. Yeah. I'd like to think I'm pro choice for exactly those same reasons. And I feel like it's something you don't know until you've been in that situation. Uh-huh. But this is what I find the most bizarre thing about this, and I'm probably overgeneralizing this, but a lot of the people who was who preached about body autonomy mm-hmm. for COVID vaccines, yes, and now yeah. all of a sudden saying abortion is wrong? But is that not the very body autonomy that you argued for? <laughs> this is what I don't get. It's so inconsistent. Yeah, and it just doesn't make any sense. It's not. It's not consistent at all. Yeah. Sort of. Like I say, I'm probably overgeneralizing this. People, it's like you say, people have got reasons for being pro-life and being pro-choice. Yeah. But you've got to be consistent in what you're saying. Like, you can't argue it's body autonomy for one thing, but then you shouldn't have body autonomy for something else. Can I also just make the point as well that wearing a mask is nowhere near as big of a deal as, like, potentially going through with a pregnancy or ending a pregnancy. They're not even on the same scale. I'm going to say, I don't think people just sort of, like... People don't choose to have an abortion, like, for the fun of it. No. Like, it's not a decision that you it's, take it's, it's not... I'm going to say, it's a very sensitive subject. Yeah. And as well, just because it's going to get struck down mm-hmm. doesn't mean abortion's going to stop. If it does, if Roe versus Wade is repealed, yeah. that doesn't mean abortion will stop. What that'll mean is, is that abortion is now no longer regulated. So it'll still mm. happen... Just, it'll be so much more unsafe. Yeah, that is such a good point, actually. That's not something I'd actually thought of. Yeah, that's a really good point. And it's it's what people argue about in terms of, like... um, Drugs. Drugs, yeah, Yeah. is that... The regulation of... That's why people are pro... 
a, a pro like legalization legalization but what they actually mean is they're pro like regulation because as soon as you legalize something you can regulate the market exactly and that and people argue that that would make it safer yeah and while that's a completely yeah other debate, completely different debate but it's the same point is that making something illegal doesn't just like push it into extinction it forces it into the black market and yeah and all yeah. of a sudden it's it becomes far far less safe so mm-hmm. these people have already got a lot on their shoulders deciding if they want to have an abortion yeah if they decide that yes they want to have an abortion that comes with a big risk of well it would do it would come with a big risk of like not just like mental impact on someone mentally but an impact on someone physically yeah massively and it's like you say is that it just feels like things are going backwards Back in time yeah. really we've like people have fought so hard for these rights and now history has been repealed and we're going back in time it feels like and that's in my opinion not the right way to go we should be increasing people's liberties and freedoms and yeah and that's what pro-choice is about as well yeah yeah right. should we move on to like i think so let's move ukraine? on move yeah. on to an update for ukraine yeah i just because we were talking about like what to talk about this week and i thought yeah a lot has happened actually so some of the main bullet points i've got here is that the eu will ban russian imports of oil yes that came through this morning by actually. the end of this year which is quite um a good a good target um however there's no consensus has been reached on gas as of yet and this ban on russian imports of oil does require that member states all approve um ursula von der Leyen has come out and said we will make sure that we phase out russian oil in an orderly fashion so i think that's referring to like the production um, and like supply chains and stuff she said so in a way that allows us and our partners to secure alternative supply routes and at the same time, be very careful that we minimise the impact on the global market. So I think that's really interesting. And I think it's a step in the right direction, really. But then you have Russia's defence minister who's coming out and saying, who's warning it against NATO sending military aid to Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Because he's accusing it of pumping the country full of weapons. Well, I'm sorry, but as long as you keep dropping missiles on ukraine we're going to keep pumping military aid into ukraine yeah so we're just stuck in this cycle and then a good a little bit of good news is that uh, evacuees out of uh, mariupol are finally reaching safety yeah every time i hear it there's been a there's been a ceasefire in the country to help get these evacuees out yeah it always seems to be broken by russian troops absolutely and i mean i don't understand why because i'm pretty sure that is there not is there not like international laws against that 100%, of breaking yeah. ceasefire when civilians are yeah. trying to leave yeah when civilians are trying to leave because yeah. that is that is seriously dangerous so i've got written down here ukrainian authorities hope to evacuate hundreds of civilians from the city of mariupol which is almost fully under russian control yeah that's quite shocking to think about yeah because obviously russia is trying to I think it was Ursula von der Leyen that said Russia is trying to wipe Ukraine off the map and we will not let this happen. Yeah, because weren't they hiding in the steel factory in Mariupol? Yes. So yes. that's where they've been seeking refuge. And then did you see Boris address the Ukrainian parliament I didn't yesterday? see it, but I saw it in the news. Yeah, so it was the same day that he did his infamous interview with Susanna Reid. Oh, yes, no, we've not even, horribly, we've horribly not even got around to I guess it only happened that. yesterday, and yeah. everyone's seen that in the news. It was just horrendous. Um, I'm surprised he didn't hide in the fridge before, mm-hmm. to be honest. But yeah, Boris addressed the Ukrainian parliament yesterday, and Zelensky also praised foreign allies who addressed Ukraine's parliament on Tuesday, yesterday. These were very important words, he said. Warm, friendly, powerful. This is a very sincere gesture, he said of Johnson's speech, adding his gratitude to the British public for their support. And then I believe um, 
as part of the scheme that the UK have, has launched yeah. to uh, take people in. I think people like the first yeah, the first people are starting to arrive. I was listening to Chris Tarrant on radio. You know the host, the old host of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Yeah, he was on the Chris Moore show this morning on Radio X. And he was saying how he's taken in a, I believe, did he say a 30-year-old woman and a child? Yeah. So... That seems to be the sort of theme. It seems to be women and their children. Yeah. Yeah, I keep on seeing videos on Facebook from, like, BBC or other news sources of um, families that have been put in touch. But some of them are not through the government scheme. Some of them are literally just through word of mouth, social media, offering up somewhere to stay. And she said quite a poignant thing because it was a young woman, young single woman living in Wales looking after a 30-year-old Ukrainian woman and her young child. Um, And she said that she understands that the Ukrainian woman doesn't want to be here. She wants to be at home. She doesn't want to have to be here, but while she is here, she's going to make it the best time and the most easiest time she can for them to live here and make it fun for her little boy as well. And she completely understood that as soon as she can go back to Ukraine, she will help her get back home. Um, but she was just making it as comfortable as possible while she's in the UK, which was so lovely Yeah, to hear that and how welcoming people have been. Yeah. I think sort of like, it's been quite a sad episode, really. It's very emotional. Things of what we've been talking about, but I think that's probably a good place it's to sort It's nice of to see how so much love has come out of so much hatred. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when we were doing Surviving Society last week. The world is like a depressing place at the minute, but there always seems to be like stories of love and hope, which is... Definitely. Really, it's, it's great to see is that even though it might feel like we're going backwards, there's still these examples of how like humanity's fighting back. Definitely. I think. I think that's a good place to yeah, end Yeah, I now. do as well. Yeah. So before we go, just to say as well, don't forget to follow us on social media, uh, Twitter, at Pod, Instagram, at Northumbria Politics Society. And we also actually, just before we go, I've got a bit of personal news myself. I have actually been accepted onto a work experience in London for two weeks in June. Thank you. So we could ideally start looking for for perhaps a um, temporary co-host just for, well, obviously while I'm in London, I'm going to struggle to record. Absolutely, yeah. So any first and second years that are Any first and second years who are interested, like get in touch with us on social media and we'd be more than happy to like bring you down to the studio and show you around and you can even maybe sit in the next episode that we record and like have a go and we'll just see if you if that's something you're interested in because like Definitely. i say is that we really want this podcast to carry on yeah even after we're gone i'm after- talking from experience as well so i've done this during my second year mm-hmm. and i think either first or second year is probably the perfect time to take this on and yeah really, um you know put a lot of passion and a lot of time and effort yeah into it. i ought to mention it to leanie to maybe try and get the message out there because we could really yeah. do with finding someone who is really interested in you don't podcasting. have to have any previous you don't experience. have to have, we didn't yeah. we haven't had any experience we've just done this off our back and we, it's been a it's been a learning curve about it but it's been enjoyable so i would highly you recommend just need to it. bring the enthusiasm and then yeah. if you if you do enjoy it we can maybe look at taking at taking you on for next year to replace me when i'm not going to be here oh, Jack. so <laughs> But no, we just want to say thanks again for listening and we will see you in the next episode. Bye. See you later. Bye-bye.